What is up? What is up? What is up? It is numbers on the boards. It's been a minute since we've been with you, but we're back. It's Tuesday, March 12th in beautiful, muggy, rainy Dallas, Texas. I am Bobby Corella. Joining me today, as he always does, except yeah. for I think only once or twice. Because of traveling and such. Yeah, because of traveling. Yeah, you were uh, fresh back from Arizona. Yeah. Where he, was, where he was baseballing with the Rangers. I was at the world's biggest strip mall. Surprise, Arizona. Is that, All the Bed Bath & Beyonds. Is that really? It's just known for its Bed Bath & Beyond? Maybe I'm just uh, overly cynical about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Uh, he's back, though, hey. which is a pleasant surprise to me. Hey, everybody. Skin Wade. What's up? How are you, man? Man, I'm doing good. We're uh, hitting the home stretch here, and uh, we have a game tonight that is a nationally televised game. Uh, and as of now, maybe you know, and I don't, I don't know if Luke is playing tonight yet. Has that been uh, deemed official or no? I do not know. He is officially listed as questionable with a strained knee, okay. which is a weird, like a knee strain. I don't think I've ever even heard of that before. It's usually like a knee sprain, sprain. but a strain is like more mild, I guess. Is it more mild or less <laughs> serious? What's the, what's the proper oh. medical term for that? I think overly mild. Overly, it's an overly mild injury. Yeah, it's an overly mild injury. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, he did play at the end of the game. Yeah. He he motioned out, and then it's like, wait, wait, you're taking me out. Yeah. I love those expressions he gets on his face. Um, that whole thing was weird because it was like right when he got hurt, it was like, yeah, it looked like he kind of wanted to come out, but then someone called timeout, and yes. then so throughout the whole huddle, he stayed on the bench. The team breaks the huddle, and he was not on the floor. And right. then he finally sort of like snuck on right before the inbound of the ball. Yeah, well, I noticed when he went to the bench and saw that Rick was putting somebody in. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Devin or somebody. I can't remember. He had this incredulous look on his face like, how dare you take me out of the game when I motioned out of this game? So um, Came so back anyways. in and almost led, him to, uh, almost led him to a victory, though. Indeed. I don't think he scored it all down the stairs. I think it was just passing, but he made a couple plays. He made a, I think he even – did he get a rebound? I don't remember. But was that, did he block Harden's three after that, or was that before that? Ooh, that would have I, – I need to check my time that was. Stamps. I think that was at like 220 or something like that. So that like would have been after because the knee thing was like 417. I believe you're right. Wow. Now, um, the other thing is, uh, did you see – I mean, I'm sure you saw the controversy about – calling the timeout or not calling the timeout Did, you spent yeah. much time thinking about all that i mean i don't know i'm always just like naturally a fan of going end to end uh i think this is like bigger or high level i guess like i don't like being able to advance the ball with the timeout i think that's kind of cheap even though it does create a lot of cool like vince carter doesn't hit that buzzer beater against the spurs right uh without being able to advance the ball so i like going end to end i think usually it catches the defense by surprise if the offense knows that that's what's going to happen. Uh-huh. But uh, in that particular instance, I think it had been a really long time since there was a even a stoppage in play, um, and especially without a timeout. I think it had been like one or two game minutes without a timeout. So there was really no way uh, for the players to know if they miss here, we're going end to end no matter what. Usually right. that'll be like set up beforehand, but Houston didn't call timeout before that last possession either. So right. uh, both teams are just playing off the hip. So I don't mind going end to end generally. Uh, I'm very surprised that Houston, in the heat of the moment, with all that chaos going on, was able to basically triple team Luca. That was like that was amazing. I've, I've never seen that before. That's because well, one, so there was a screen at first, right, mm. which was a mistake. Don't yep. bring the screen up. Uh, so you bring the big into the picture, and so then Capella was right there. Right, Harden is lurking, and then Chris Paul is a basketball computer and knows exactly. I don't care who has who on this floor is going to get the ball. I'm going to make sure that guy ain't doing anything. Yep. So, but that's like such a how many how many players would even think to do that? Because even well, if it's two guys, if it's right. just Capella and Harden, Luke is right. getting a shot off. Right. That's um. But th- th- I think that's the specialness of Chris Paul. Yeah. And man, I just you know who else has got that level of specialness? We talk about Jason Kidd, Derek Harper. I've sat next to him for so many games where I can tell he's getting frustrated by what is not happening defensively in crucial moments. He's got the defensive wherewithal to make the right play at the end of games. It's, it's pretty, pretty – I'm pretty lucky to get to sit next to him for some of these moments. But Chris Paul absolutely is going to make that play 10 times out of 10 because he is a basketball savant. Whether you like him or not, it's a different story. Uh, he, and he's, 
He, you know, a lot of times, I think we talked about this during the game, he's a big steals guy. And a lot of times, like Monte was a big steals guy, but Monte wasn't a good defensive player. Yeah. Chris Paul's both. Mm. Uh, Jason he's kind of like Wade in that. They're just like on the prowl constantly. Yeah. You yeah, yeah, cannot yeah. mess up. And it's not just gambling. It's, it's a lot about intuition uh and positioning and those types of things so it's not just i'm going to roll the dice and jump in this passing lane and like he blocked brunson's floater but if luca was like 10 percent more careless with that pass he would have stolen the pass from luca i mean yeah. he was in a position not only to contest luca's shot but to also play the passing lane and block brunson's float, which is like incredible because he's like 35 right i mean it's stop, just amazing make man. the stop and anticipate where the ball is going and recover and make the play yep so we're talking about elite level defense Man, I, I think, like, I've heard a lot of discussions about this, Sports Talk Radio and Twitter and all this crap. Um, what people, to me, that I haven't heard articulate uh, that they're missing is that Rick is a notoriously controlling coach, mm. and he was okay with not calling the timeout because it was Luka. Like, there's your headline, people. Yep. He's looking out there going, that rookie, I'm going to let him make the decision, and we're going to ride or die with it. That's big. That is a big high level of trust. And that's why it's so interesting that, like, I mean, after the game, obviously it's five minutes after you lose, so you're probably mad, and hindsight is twenty twenty and everything, but for Luca to say that he wishes they would have called him out Luca's wrong. is surprising. He's wrong. Because most players don't want that. Right. I mean, so that but was kind of – That was – I think you know what that was? I think that was the youth of Luca and the frustration of winning one of 11 games. Yeah. Because I think if he just stops and thinks about it, dude – no, that's not what you want. They don't do that for Steph. They don't do that for KD. They mm-hmm. don't do that for James Harden. You're getting that level of respect. The Mavs fans are used to Mavs calling timeouts in those situations because in the past you wanted to get the ball to Dirk. And a lot of times it's best to set that up because you're not going to throw the ball to Dirk in the backcourt and he dribbles up. Yep. Now that the Mavericks have that type of player, you don't want that timeout. You want cross matches. You want defensive confusion. You want a brilliant player having the opportunity to, to take advantage of that type of confusion. Here's the best example I could give you. The Minnesota game. They called a timeout to set a play up, and they couldn't even get the ball in bounds. Yep. So there's a turnover going the other way, and then on the save loose ball, the chaos happens, and now you have the exact scenario coaches would love to have, and what does Luca do? He takes advantage, he comes down, he sees that there's a cross match and a big on him, and he pulls up and nails a three, and they win. Yep. Like that 20 seconds right there tells you exactly why you don't call a timeout, and then what advantage you get when you haven't called the timeout. Amen, man. Amen. Well, and also, I mean – Okay, so generally what the Mavs are going to do if, if you are going to take an inbound pass, and granted there was like eight and a half seconds left, which uh-huh. is seems like a long time, but if the defense knows what's coming, it's that can fly by. So right. what you're going to do is you're going to have Luka as the trigger man on the inbounds pass because he's your best passer. Right. But obviously he needs the ball back quickly. You think so Chris Paul's going to let him get that ball no, back? No, and obviously it's just going to be like a pass to – like what they did in Minnesota, what they tried to do where mm-hmm. you toss it to Maxi, Maxi hands it off real quick. Right. Houston would know that play is coming, so they can overplay that and just trap Luka at half court, and right. then all of a sudden you have Maxi or Powell or – Right. Finney Smith with the ball with four seconds left, and it's the right it's the decision. Same exact result. It is the yeah. right decision not to call that timeout ten times out of ten. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, if there was like three seconds left, then yeah, you call right. a timeout. But with with nine or ten seconds left, or eight and a half, or whatever there was, you got to go into end. I also think that things could have worked out a little better if, like, I think Luca got the rebound, kind of looked over to the bench, yep. like, are we going to do this or not? And that it only took like a second and a half, but Brunson could have used another second. Oh, absolutely. He would have been able to take another dribble. And it also gave a second and a half for their defense to get m- more situated. To get back, yeah. Like, you want them on their heels immediately. Yeah. You want chaos. You want guys, look, wait, who am I supposed to have? Who am I checking? Mm-hmm. That's what you want. That's what you take advantage of. The other thing, too, that Harp threw out there on the postgame show, he, he was hobbled. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? He wasn't and that makes full. it So you think that might be more difficult to go end-to-end when you're hobbled, but it's also tough to break free from P.J. Tucker if your knee's hurting, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Whenever he's set and he knows you're going to get the ball. Absolutely. So it's just tough either way, man. I mean, it's whenever you're down one with eight seconds left, so guess what? It's hard to win yeah. in the NBA. Right. So, you know, there were Percentages a lot of Percentages are not in your favor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, I mean, I, <laughs> you wonder with the way it turned out, if the Mavs would have been better off with Harden making the shot against Brunson, that way they down catch three, and shoot three, yeah, yeah, and they can they can call timeout, you know, yeah. and and get it set. But um, you know, it and is then what Vince it is. Carter checks in from Atlanta, yeah, and and hits the and hits the big shot. I mean, Mavs fans still love him. Do you want to do a salute right quick to Vince Carter coming back next Dude, year? Yes, toast. Hold, we're doing a, a podcast toast here. Yeah, well, we did clang uh, coffee cup to water bottle right yeah. then. 
Yeah, and it's so the it's the cardboard coffee cup too. It didn't make much of a sound. It's nah. like plastic kind of nah. uh, sound. But yeah, dude, cheers to Vince Carter, and amazing. he's still dunking too. It's amazing. He can dude, still play. So how many? Do you know how many minutes he got in that four overtime game? Uh, it was more than his age, right? God, that's insane. Yeah, uh, we should also do this. Let's just use this as a segue. I would like to say that I am very, very impressed with Trey Young. Dude's good, and, man. And I think in a lot of years he would have a claim to rookie of the year. He's better than I thought. He's an awesome passer. Uh, and I can't wait to see where he goes and how good he's going to be. Having said all that, it, he is not – Luca is the unanimous runaway rookie of the year. It is not close, and that is in no way disrespectful to Trey Young. Absolutely. Well said. I saw you talking about that the other day on just on, on Twitter. You put that out, and then that made people even more mad. And it's like – the point, literally the point of what you just said is that Luca is really good, but saying that is not disrespectful to Trey Young, who is also really good. It would like, be like that, if that's Trey, the, How could that be like right. an upsetting thing to say? It would be like if Trey Young had this exact year in 2004 mm. and LeBron is still going to be the runaway unanimous rookie of the year. Yep. Or if Trey Young had this exact year in, what, 79, 80? Dude, or even last season. Because remember, it was Mitchell and Simmons going neck and neck, but both their teams were in the playoffs. Right. So, I mean, Trey Young last year wouldn't have been considered either. So, it's, you know? it's, it's, it's okay. It's not disrespectful. And the thing I didn't want to do is I didn't want to get into taking shots at Trey Young to bolster the point of Luka. Because Luka's so good, you don't even have to do that. Yep. I don't have to sit here and talk about what homie's field goal percentage was for the first three and a half months. You don't have to do that. Yep. You don't have to take any shots at Trey Young. It's not about what Trey Young is or isn't. It's all about Luka and his historic brilliance. And it's okay, Atlanta. It's okay. It's all right. Don't be okay, man. Historic, okay. historic is the right way to put it. Uh, everybody knows per game stats. I'm talking per 100 stats now, though. I've okay. seen you do this on the Twitters. Yeah. Okay. So this season, Luka, uh, I'll just round down to the biggest numbers. Okay. Is averaging 31 points, actually 31.7, so almost 32. 31 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists per 100 possessions. What? Which is a lot. Okay? It's a lot. He is the only rookie ever to do that, and it's not close. The next closest is MJ, who scored 35 points, but oh, only wow. averaged like 8 and 8. Right. Nobody has ever done what Luke is doing scoring-wise. Magic came close, but ba- he only averaged like 23. Yeah. Uh, he averaged more assists, but, only, uh-huh. but way fewer points. I mean, he is in a league of his own yeah. next to rookies. Okay. So who do you have there? You have Michael Jordan and you have Magic Johnson. Okay, yeah. they're pretty well, good. Yeah, pretty solid. But so that's just rookies, first year players. But now, my trivia question for you okay. is: How many players? Not like so and so has done it five times, so that counts as five seasons. I'm just talking individual players. Okay, how many players have done that? They have to be qualified by minutes played, so they have to have played at least two thirds of the season and X number of minutes. Okay. How many unique players have done that for an entire season that has been completed? So players who are doing it this season do not count. How many times has that happened in NBA history? Um, okay. So, uh, and if you can name them, then you're a legend. It's Oscar Robertson. It's James Harden. It's Russell Westbrook. And I, I think Wilt Chamberlain probably did it. And, um, I'm not, I'm not going to try to look at you. Uh, Michael I'm, I'm Jordan, trying to maintain a poker face. Magic Johnson. I don't think Bird would have had enough assist. Do you want to know? Are you, do you want to be surprised? Yeah. Well, okay. So this actually is. Uh, how many? How many it, it only it only goes back to 1973-74. So, okay. So Os- I was shocked because Oscar is not on this list, but that's because. His historic season, I think, was 71. Uh, no, 61-62 is whenever he averaged a triple-double. Okay, okay. But I will tell you that uh, their pace numbers were outrageous back then. And so even his per 36 numbers are almost not as impressive as Luka's because wow. he was playing like 45 minutes a game. Right. He averaged a triple-double, but whenever you scale that back and then also whenever you adjusted for pace, I mean the slowest. So they slowest didn't have the shot clock back then, right? When did the shot clock come in? They did. The shot they clock did? came in was like 52, 53. Okay, okay. my bad. But um, – I mean, their, their pace was so breakneck. They were playing like 125 possessions per game. Oh, wow. Whereas now – Holy fast, cow, are you serious? Yeah, dude. A wow. fast team is like 105. So, regular or like adjusting his numbers to, to fit pace, like per 100 possessions, I'm not even sure that he would qualify if the database did go back that far. Okay. So, here's the list. Players that have completed a season. So, mm-hmm. uh, Giannis, 
Jokic and Luka are all doing it this season, but the season is not over yet. Right. So the only players that have ever done it for an entire season, average 31 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists per 100 possessions, are, in alphabetical order, Bird, uh-huh. KG, okay. LeBron, and Russell Westbrook. That's it? Harden that didn't do it, it last year? Harden has never done it before, and he's not doing it this year either. Really? Yep. Oh. It's probably the rebounds Yeah. for him. Because wow. 11, 11 rebounds is a lot per 100. I mean, that's a lot. I'm, so I'm surprised. I guess Magic didn't score enough. Yep, Ma- um, Magic never scored enough. So Bird did do it. Um, Bird did it twice. And he K- did it in 86 and 87. 86 was the greatest. Some people think it's the greatest team ever. That was a pretty good team. That was Rick's team. team. Yeah. Um, the next year, he was even. He averaged 33, 11, and 9 per 100 wow. possessions the next season. God. But your list is Bird, KG, LeBron, Westbrook. That is a list that Luca is likely gonna join as a rookie. The only, the only as number a rookie, that he, yeah, as a rookie, as a tw- as a nineteen year old for most of the season. Now, the only uh, stat he's at risk of losing is the rebounds because he's at eleven point one. So he could go down. Although his rebounds are actually going way up Probably the last couple weeks. Thirteen or fourteen the other day. Yeah, he had a 15. 15. 15. He had thirteen at halftime. I think yeah, it was crazy. Okay. Um, I mean, that is like, that's absolute historic, historic, historic. Yeah. Bird, James Westbrook. KG. Man, I, mean, I think I could win with that team. D- those, those are some of the four of the, like the 20 best players of all time. And Luke is doing what they did. Like once LeBron has done it, uh, he's doing it this season, but that doesn't count again for this. He's done it four times, and he is the all-time leader. Nobody's done it more than LeBron. Luke is going to do it one time at 20 years old. It's amazing. So, again, Trey Young is great, but Luka, just counting stats, is doing something that we have literally seen like – Less than a handful of times. And, and do you know what that does, uh, aside from make your jaw hit the table, is it tells you, all right, I'm going to go ahead and trade four starters, get Porzingis in here and rebuild around this because this is so special. The best thing to do is tear it down to the studs and build it up the way we want to build it. And just kudos to the front office for, one, pulling it off. Uh, my buddy Ben from the Ben and Skin Show, we were talking about this on the air yesterday, and we were talking about, uh, I don't want to get into Kimba Walker rumors because we don't want to tamper or anything, but those sorts of conversations come up and how do you build the team and all this. And Ben goes, what do you think Porzingis' numbers are going to be next year? And so a lot of things immediately flooded to my mind, right? Uh, first of which being, I don't know if you were in there. Were you in there in Rick's pregame presser uh, the other day before Houston? No. Okay, so there was a lot of questions uh, from Houston media and Dallas media about – hey, there's a lot of Luka Harden comparisons, and do you see things with the way Houston plays that makes you want to do this, or things Harden does that makes you want to do this, and blah, blah, blah. And Rick said, well, we're not going to play like them because Porzingis will have the ball so much. And, and you know, that triggers a lot of things. One, how's he going to be used? What spaces on the floor is he going to get? But then it took me back, you know, here I was 24 hours later, and Ben's like, what kind of numbers do you think Porzingis is going to have? And so I'm like, well, I can only think about that in conjunction with Luca's numbers. So, like, in other words, do you think we add Porzingis to the mix? Do you think Luca's numbers as they are right now, how different are they next year? I don't know. I think the only thing that happens is that his assists go up, right? I think his assists go up. I don't think his scoring goes up. I think his scoring might – well, maybe a do you think little. his scoring would go down? I don't, I don't think, think it would go down. go down. I think it'll still be around 20, Right, but 21. I don't think I – don't, I don't think it's going to jump to 24 or something. Yeah, no, I think no, no, no. Porzingis leads this team in scoring. I could see that. And I think he's a 24. I mean, he's going to get five open threes. Forget about the post. Yes. I mean, he's going to have like 15 points a game off threes and yes. free throws. That's it. He's also going to average half of an offensive rebound a game. All yep. of his rebounds will be defensive. Yep. Um, so it'll be like old school Dirk. Uh, but uh, I can see Porzingis dropping 24, 25, and I can see Luka going for 21 or 22. And like eight or nine assists and yeah, probably yes. – Eight, Seven nine or eight rebounds, yeah. yes. I think he's going to average more rebounds than Porzingis. Isn't it crazy that we're like casually talking about the likelihood that he's going to average a triple-double next season? Yeah, and, and there's – you know what, though? Uh, the last three or four years of NBA basketball has opened up our minds to possibilities statistically that used to not exist. Yeah, I mean, so many more possessions and, right. you know, all that. But now, granted, I mean, the per-possession stuff like we just talked about is still off the charts. Yeah. You know, I mean, like some of the – some of the, in fact – Let's see, uh, nine of the 14 players that have done the 31, 11, and 7 thing have happened in the last four years. So, I That's mean, it's, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's 
crazy. However, they, they did combine for six finals appearances, and another team made it to the conference finals. So usually if you do that, you're on a pretty good team. Right. Having Porzingis next season will help. Where do you think – where do you think he's actually going to get the ball? Because he's obviously not going to be running pick and roll and stuff. Do you think he's going to be like a pivot guy at the elbow, sort of the way that I, they used DeAndre Dirk. a little bit in Dirk before? Yeah, obviously so, not DeAndre like to get a shot, but yeah. like as the handoff guy. I think you know the thing that I keep thinking about is I keep thinking about him being uh, at the forty-five degree angle uh, with Luca going to his right and pulling defenders that way. And then having the corner defender have to decide if he's going to run up to Porzingis and it's not going to matter because he won't be able to get to his shot anyways. Or if they're going to leave a wide open skip pass for a guy to hit a corner three. Because Luka can find the corners. He can find him. Dude, with no offense to anybody, but with less of a defensive worry <laughs> for teams out there, he's finding guys. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to – so if you if you balance it that way and you put Porzingis more at that forty five degree angle, and I'm even talking about sure sometimes elbow, sometimes elbow out extended closer to the three point line, there's just not enough length and athleticism to cover all that. There's mm. just not. And their versatility, like positionally, can do that even more. Like, can make those looks even better. Basically, I, what is the number one thing? Okay, look, let's do this. Let's not name a player. Okay. Okay. And uh, no, and I'm going to tell you, you're not getting a superstar this summer. So I'm going to set those caveats. If that's the, okay. okay. Those are the rules. These are just the rules what we're discussing. What is the number one player that you want on this team? Not a name, but a style of player. What does he do? What is his size? And, and be realistic. Like, don't go, hey, I want a KD type. I want somebody that can hit 40% of their threes. How big are they? I don't care. Okay. They could be 7'9". They could be 5'2". Okay. I want someone that can hit 40% from three. Okay, and where do you preferably, want that guy on the floor? Preferably, I want someone who can shoot 40% from three and be about Finney Smith's height. Yeah. Whether that means thicker or right, right. just as kind of like wiry and long, I, I want a, sh a wing that can hit 40% from three. Right. You want a guy who might be a free agent who might be playing in Milwaukee, who, by the way, will not leave Milwaukee. Well, no, I'm, I'm not t I'm not even alluding to him. I know, uh, but I'm just saying. that that Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, I, w I want a guy that can come in and hit four or five threes a game. Yep. Uh, right. Now, we've talked about on this exact program, in fact, I think the last episode, that like the, the bully ball, bulldog kind of style center that's going to get like nine rebounds and take four shots per game would be great too. Yeah. Even if that means – Whatever. So even if it means like Powell's size, so like six nine, six ten, but uh -huh. can get boards, that's right. great too. Yeah, I, I haven't thought about the idea too of without knowing what happens in free agency, Dwight Powell starting alongside Porzingis next year. Do you think he can do it? I think he could because on offense for sure. Yeah. I think they occupy different spaces on the floor. I don't. Oh, know that, that would be some beautiful offense. Yeah, I don't know how they uh, work on defense, but I'm you know I think Dwight Powell's athletic enough. You know, it's interesting, even though Dwight Powell's athleticism jumps out at you more when you're just watching, Maxie's a far more versatile defender. The times that he got ISOed on Harden and Paul the other awesome. night were special. Yeah. Special. Yeah. And so then I go. I think Maxie could start with Porzingis. But I think so, too, but I don't know about offensively. Is, yeah. yeah and offensively is tough, too. Um, that's the big question. I mean, as you're, as you're going into the offseason, you have, like I was talking about versatility, with Porzingis, he can play four and five. I'm uh -huh. not sure how many minutes you want to give him at five. Maybe right. 36, maybe 12. I don't right. know. But uh, So you have to answer that question. Are we going to get the the bulldog guy or are we going to get more shooting? And then the same thing could be said for Luka. Right. Are you going to get the, the Brunson size guy or Brunson himself to start? Or is uh -huh. Luka going to be your shorter start, your shortest starter? Right, which like, I kind of love. That. I'm down for that. I love. But then you need someone that can guard point guards. Right. So uh, – Okay, can they bring back Stacey Ogman? Okay, so, well, he can't shoot. All right, so uh, we had J.J. Barea on the pregame show. He should start. He should start. Uh, we had J.J. Barea on the pregame show. Which game was this? This is right before I left for Arizona. So this Would that is, have been Indy? Th this would have been Indy. So who do you think? <laughs> we asked J.J., what type of player do you need, do the Mavericks need to add next year? And he named a former Maverick. That is not currently in the league. Who do you think J.J. Barea said? We need a so-and-so type. He named a former Maverick that's not in the league. I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say Deshaun Stevenson. What's up, dog? Oh, my What's God. Up? Dude, What's up? are you serious? Yes. And he said it Oh, man. I love J.J. And he was so like, much, dude. you know, the whole idea of – now, this is my term, not his term, but the whole idea of a nail chewer. Yeah. You know, is, we need a tough dude. Yeah. We need a guy that will play his role, a guy that won't get – 
excuse the well the guy who won't get upset if he, when he doesn't play, but when he's called upon. I mean, just a freaking pro mm. that does not back down from anybody. That's like, oh, you don't think I'm a shooter? I'm gonna knock this down. A guy that's got his teammates' backs. A guy that plays defense. He's the right kind of size. He's tough. I just loved that answer. There's been too many times this season where the Mavs have been, like, out-attituded. Yes. I mean, they don't get outworked right. every night. Right. And that, you know, Powell plays hard. Like, they have hard-playing guys. Right. But they get Powell's out Powell's got zero attitude, which is good yeah. and bad. Yeah, it's good. And, he never gets mixed up in any BS. No, but, never. Never. Whenever you're a really nice guy and you go up against a, a kind of a bad dude, then right. <laughs> you know sometimes things happen. So yeah. they need someone that is going to be like, no, no, "This ain't happening." Right? Like we're on the road. The closest, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the crowd right. I mean, they got Sala. That's the closest. But Sala's not to. playing. Right? You know, he's not playing 500 minutes for right. you. You know, so you need. I I agree with JJ, man. So can we find a hot-headed 40% three-point shooter? <laughs> Do those exist? I think we can find. There's a guy that plays in the Western Conference that's going to be a free agent, that I think he can be a 37.5% hot-headed defensive guy. And he's the guy that's always touting himself as the best defensive player in the league. We need to get you on the phone with Donnie and make it happen. Donnie listens to me a lot yeah. on these sorts of things. Skin, um, I've run, I'm running out of ideas. Oh, you're looking at here. your phone right now. Are you just reading his text? Uh, see, I'm Skin, I'm listening to this oh, podcast yeah. in the future. Who are you talking wow. about? Okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, Donnie. Let me finish this podcast and also look up this guy's three-point percentage hey, this year. Hey, hey. I think you know who I'm talking about. I though. know exactly who you're talking about. And, I mean, the thing is there there are a few other players that are like this, that certain player. You're right. But, you know, uh, he, he checks a lot of boxes. He checks a lot of boxes. And this year, can I sell you on – 38.8% three-point shooting. You can sell me on that. Okay. Yes, you can absolutely sell me on that. My money would go to something like that. Mm. I mean, obviously, if I can get A-level, you know, franchise changer, of course. Yeah. If I can trade for A-level franchise changer, of course. Mm. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, you have to start at the top. But, again, there's everybody. You, have, you already have two. Yeah. Well, yeah. You already have two. That's why everyone keeps forgetting. A third would be great. But, yeah, right. you do have two top. 30 at worst players in the NBA. And let me just say this. Which is crazy. They have two of the top 30 players in the NBA. Let me just say this. If KD leaves Golden State, who is the team that has a big three? It's really there's one in my opinion. If they keep their two unrestricted team that free has agents. a big three? I mean, I guess Golden State would still have a big three. I, Technically, I if you count Draymond I don't that count level. Draymond anymore. I, okay, I don't. I, I don't want you to talk to me like I'm an idiot here, but like I really can't think of a big three. Well, you know, and and we can debate these other two guys that yeah. would be they combined to be a third. I mean, Boston maybe. I was going to say star power. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Depending well, they, on how you feel about Butler, and yeah. depending how you feel about Tobias Harris, I think those two guys combined certainly more than equate for a third. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, uh, that, that's I, probably the most stacked yeah. starting five. In the so league. my point being is that where it used to be the super teams. If KD leaves Golden State, the, the super team era has shifted, Yeah, right? Because no one's going to have more than two. Mavericks have isn't that, two. Isn't that funny how that like corrected itself so quickly? Which we said would happen on this podcast. Yeah. Like uh, We've said that was going to happen. I mean, I've been banging that drum. I'm like, stop saying you've got to match Golden State. It's an anomaly yep. that happened because yep. of a loophole. It'll never happen that'll again. That'll never happen again. Yep. It will never happen again. It's not going to happen unless you've got a bunch of superstars that want to take less money in the day and age of individual brand building and agents like running the ain't league. Ain't nobody taking less money. It ain't happening. No. There's so one that, Dirk. Right. So it's like, you know, I just think that there was a wild overreaction. Think about this. What if the Lakers don't get a free agent this summer? Dude, I don't that, think that's an outrageous scenario. I don't think it's outrageous. And let me tell you, that will be – someone will write a book, and that will be considered the official death of the super team, that the best player in the world had two consecutive summers with max space and didn't get anyone to join him. Mm. What? And now, I mean, the, the worst-case scenario for them is kind of playing itself out with Ball being hurt for the rest of the year and then Brandon Ingram, obviously, with the – By uh, the way, man. Uh, blood clots, which is just Godspeed awful. Godspeed. Yeah. I love that player. Yeah, I know, dude, I and he's like, been playing – great basketball people tend to jump off his wagon i never jumped off his wagon Mm. i was a big believer in him i love him and god i hope he's healthy that's a horrific thing for a young man yeah dude same here but i mean from the if you're playing armchair gm 
that is scared. another yeah. very difficult situation because those yep. guys are the the players that we were seeing on all the trade rumors, and so it's take the Lakers out of the Anthony Davis chase. If dude, that's it's a thing. tough. And now, like the super overreaction is the should they trade LeBron, which that's like a whole nother. You know who stirred like, that up was Van Gundy. Well, maybe I yeah, was elsewhere. Uh, yeah, Van he was, Gundy he was, was really stirring yeah, that Yeah, he said that, and then now it's like just everywhere. Right. Everybody's talking about it, which is just like crazy. But, right. I mean, whatever. I right. guess the NBA never ceases to amaze, so maybe something will happen, but I doubt it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right, dude. They have two of the top players, and if, if KD does leave, I mean, the Warriors, even if Draymond is still at a high level, like Steph is about to be 31, 32, 30, 32, is he? Can you look at his rookie year was two thousand nine, so I mean and he and he was and a three year college oh, player. He was a three year so, player, okay. Or maybe four. I don't know. He's uh he's gonna be thirty one in two days. Actually. Hey, happy birthday, hey, Steph. Happy birthday. Yeah, so he's gonna be thirty one awesome. in his tenth or eleventh season, which is still I mean, thirty one's kind of the tail end of your prime. So mm-hmm. he's still at a very high level. Clay is still thirty, I think, twenty nine. So I he's think still Clay's at a high about level. to be thirty. Yeah. He could be a free agent this summer, so who knows what happens with that? But if if it's like Steph Clay and Draymond next year, and Andre Iguodala, I mean, I, I wouldn't mean, be surprised. I if guess he they retired. can get they can get min, minimum guys, but I mean, right. Curry's making like forty million. Yep. If Clay stays, he's playing for the max. Yep. And Draymond, they're going to be over. Draymond has one year left, I right. believe. Right. He does. But those three alone cap you out. Yes. I mean, that's that's like yes. forty, thirty five, twenty. That's your cap. So. Right. It's them and a bunch of players that are on the minimum. And, I mean, they don't have a lot of depth. Their right. depth is, is a major point of weakness for them, and that's why they're struggling whenever, the, whenever one of these guys miss games. Do you know they what, lose. Do you know what their record was? Now, this was too, it may have changed marginally. So they're, they're winning about 74% of their games this year overall. They suck. Uh, the games that Curry missed, they're 5-6. and six. Wow. But no one's going to mention him as MVP. Yeah. Yeah, because they get bored. You get I mean, bored. if anybody, you probably give the, the to KD. You know on how many team. MVPs Shaq won? Uh, did he win an MVP? He won one. Are you serious? Is That's that not it? the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your life, dude? Take let the players vote. The NBA was his for like five years, dude. No, I mean as a Maverick fan, I'm like, oh, we're playing the Lakers. Okay, well this game's over in the third quarter. Yeah, like there's you literally don't have a chance to be competitive because of that person. Yep. One person. The entire West was signing big players. And so he won one MVP. That's stupid. Yep. Any year that Michael Jordan played, he should have been the MVP. Any year that Shaq played, and I'm talking about in their prime, obviously, he should have been the MVP. That's, again, not disrespect. But these guys that go, okay, let me overthink this. What about what Barkley did in Phoenix? That's all fine and good until Jordan eats him in the playoffs. (laughs) Stop overthinking it. There's one guy that's the best ever. He's the MVP every year. It's not – this isn't Little League, right? We don't have to make everyone feel good. There's one guy. He's eating everybody else. That's your MVP every year. It's not hard to – you know, they spend so much time over – dude, I love Steve Nash. I Mm. love him. Loved him. The idea that he won an MVP over Shaq is silly. Well, although that year, to be fair, he won two. He won. Yeah, back he to won back, two in he? a row in '05 and '06. You couldn't have given it. Well, I guess I don't know. Could you have given it to Shaq in '05? Miami was better in '05 than they were the year they actually won the title. The title, right? I guess I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, I, I, I remember. You could make the, the argument that Dirk was more deserving of the '06 MVP than Nash was. Right. Which Dirk was actually better in 06 than in 07, and then Dirk but the team was the better. Year because we got to do the makeup thing because, yeah. oh, wait, we made a mistake. Yeah, we but dude, by like BPM and plus minus and RPM and stuff, Dirk was the best player in the NBA for about right. three years. So, anyways, whatever. Crazy. You get my point. Yeah. No, no, no. I got you, man. And, in fact, this is really the first year in about 10 that LeBron should not win it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. So, that, that kind of leads to this conversation. I heard Mike and Jake talking about this the other day on the Four Pointer, which nice. is another podcast it's on the Mavs shot. Podcast Network. Yeah, you should go ahead and uh, and listen to that one too. Um, Mike presented uh, this is obviously like a purely hypothetical scenario because the lottery balls haven't bounced anybody's way yet. But oh, they'll bounce ours if we're in it. Yeah, we'll if we see. don't make the playoffs. Have we been eliminated? Yeah, uh, okay. not officially, but at this point, it's looking really unlikely. Yeah. I mean, they they'd have to go. They got 16 games left in order to make the playoffs. They'd really have to go like 16 and 0 and get a little lucky. I mean, it's it's Utah is in eighth place right now, and they are ten games ahead of the Mavs. Who do you, okay, super quick, super quick. Who do you think Golden State wants to face in the first round of the teams that are at the back end of that? Spurs. Okay. I mean, who are your other choices? Clippers Utah, or Jazz? I, I'm not playing the Clippers. I don't want to play the Jazz. Yep. I think I'll, I think I'll I agree San with you. I'll take San Antonio. I think Dude, I agree with you. I'm 
stay keep me as far away from the Clippers as possible because that team is freaking. They are playing dude. with house money and they are hitting blackjack every time like, that card flips over. Boogie rules. He's awesome. He doesn't want to go up against Montrezl Harrell. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, like nobody wants to play against Montrezl Harrell for six no, games, seven. He's a one man band. Yeah. So um, sweet Lou Williams. My documentary is going to get oh, really good yeah, after that. And again, that is the kind of thing. Like their bench is so good. Where if they play Golden State, Golden State just can't keep up. Mm-hmm. Whenever if two of those guys are out, the Clippers are the best team in the history of basketball. They're the they're going to win the championship this that. year. Yeah, they're going to win the title. Uh, so at this point, pretty likely that the Mavs will miss the playoffs um, for a, a lot of different reasons. Uh, we don't have to talk about that until we do like a post-mortem after the season. But uh, as it stands right now, on Tuesday, March 12th, yep, they are sixth, uh, sixth highest lottery odds. I guess we'll call them sixth place. Is that 34%? That is 37.2%. To uh, get a top four pick. To get a top four pick okay. and 9.0 to get a number one pick. Now, nice. the 34% that was floating around was because they were tied uh, with momentarily Washington. with Washington, who won. Yes, uh, last night. Memphis was ahead, quote-unquote, of the Mavs, but they've won three in a row. Okay. So now the Mavs are in sole possession of sixth place. They okay. are uh, tied with Memphis, but Memphis has played two more games, so yep. the, uh, the win, win percentage. And, then and the Mavs have two more games with Memphis that could have a big impact yeah. on how that ends up one way or the other. It could, yeah. And then New Orleans is uh, – it's tough because the Mavs have actually played fewer games. Like, New Orleans is, only has 13 games left. The Mavs have 16 I so, think what happened is New Orleans was so dissatisfied with the way things were going, they expedited their games just, to get yeah, the season spent, over with. I think they're going every night. <laughs> they're going to be done by next Tuesday. Yeah. I don't know if you've looked at the schedule there. So uh, they're they have three more wins than the Mavs, but are even in the loss column. Okay. So things are it's it's pretty likely that the Mavs, unless they get hot here, and believe me, they're still trying to win games. I, I really don't think that they're like just outright tanking. Like they were trying to win that Houston game. Dude, for sure. okay, l- like. I, I saw this out there. I saw people going, see, them not calling a timeout as an example of tanking, which no, was the that's opposite statistically of statistically the higher. Right. It's like, like, hey, just spend five seconds thinking out your take before you say it. And then Rick came out in the press conference when asked about Dirk not playing in the second half and talked about the matchups being poor and who was the one who was getting Dirk's minutes. The guy we talked about earlier who did a sensational job against Harden and Chris Paul, Maxi yeah. Kleba. If you're trying to lose that game – I know this sounds horrible. Dirk plays way more than Maxi in the second half, and they put him in bad defensive matchups. Yeah, Houston is tough for him, dude. Yes. It's, that is a very tough just matchup. People aren't thinking through this stuff that no. they say. No, man. They just say things. Yeah. They have a take. <laughs> God, it's so tiring. These takes aren't firing off themselves, dude. If uh, I don't say it, no one else just will. Just think through it. It's okay to have a take. Just think through it. Yeah, just, just have one that's thoughtful. <laughs> God. Just think through it. Uh Looking pretty likely that they'll be sixth, seventh, or eighth. I would think is where they're going to fall. So they're going to have somewhere between a twenty-six point three and thirty-seven point two percent chance okay. to move up. Okay. Uh, obviously, uh, the lottery has changed this year. It's only uh, it's one through four now, not one through three. So they yes. draw they draw four uh, ping pong ball combinations, which, which is why let's just say people go well. The pick is top five protected. They're not going to have the fifth pick. Yeah, it's they, like they're st- not going to drop that far. Yeah, I mean you could your four games behind Atlanta if right. you or five games I guess because the lost column if you want to put it that way right. it's really hard to make up that kind of ground I mean Atlanta's not winning any games so the, Does, do you think Atlanta wants Dallas to convey the pick this year I think I think they would rather have the sixth pick than probably like the 15th or 20th pick next year or yeah, 25th great pick great point great point yeah so of they course. they want the pick this year so Atlanta is going to stay on uh Stay on their losing grind. Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how many minutes like John Collins plays. Basically, right. although they are four and six in their last ten, so they're peaking at the wrong time if uh, you view it that way. But anyway, uh, so the Mavs could be one through four; they could not be fifth. So my question to you, because it's a top five protected pick, this was the hypothetical Mike presented to Jake, and they had a pretty interesting discussion about it. Would you rather? Now their pick is top five protected this year. Yep. And then uh, if it does not convey, it is top three protected the next season. And then I think it's just totally unprotected the year after that. Okay. Uh, So would you rather convey the pick this year Uh as the number six pick where they are now? Yep. Or would you rather win the lottery and be the fourth pick in a draft that is really considered like Zion and then – I don't want to be the fourth pick. If I, what I would do is 
one, I just don't think in this draft there's going to be someone willing to like, oh my god, I've got to have Cam Reddish. Yeah. Um. So I think what would happen? Well, we don't is, know that, but I. Th- no, I no, no. Right, right. Yeah. I'm just, dude. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. I would think that the Mavericks would contact Atlanta and go, hey, are you, if they got the fourth pick, we'll trade you a second round pick to convey this this year, or do something to try to force the convey. And then Atlanta is going to say, I know what you're doing here. And uh, But to your point, they'd be like, all right, we'll go ahead and take this pick instead of a mid-first-round pick next year. So you can contact them and figure out a way to convey the pick. Yeah. I would think that unless the Mavericks can um, create another trade scenario with somebody else, so in other words, like, hey, you've got this guy that you don't want anymore. We'll trade you the number four pick and something – for that guy. Well, but remember, they have a $21 have million a dollar trade, trade exception, exception, and they have – they're the lowest payroll in the NBA. Is that a single trade exception? Uh, you can divide it into pieces. But, but I'm saying they can go up to 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, 21 yeah, million, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and so you can you can say whatever. If he makes $5 million, you can trade $5 million of it, or if he makes $21 million, right, you right. But you cannot combine a trade exception with another player. Yeah, and you're you going to lose the trade exception the second you go under the cap. Yeah. If And we'll see how they operate. They'll yeah. probably operate under the cap, I would imagine. Yeah, well, their payroll right now is only $86 million, So <laughs> 86 plus 21, I'm still not sure, is even at the cap. So yeah, they're, okay. they're like miles below the cap right now. Okay. But uh, so, so that, that's pretty much the question. I, I'm with you there. I haven't watched this year's uh, draft class as much as I did last year for obvious reasons. I spent most of the year thinking that the pick had no chance of conveying. Right. And now that the Mavs are 1-9 and in their last 10, I'm starting to think about it a little more. I've apparently my, seen the three bad R.J. Barrett games, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> There's, and uh, you've probably seen the three bad Cam Reddish games, too. Man, um, I can't. It's tough. I and don't I don't, don't want to slander these guys because it's tough. College basketball doesn't always translate, blah, blah, blah. Oh, God. But, I mean, you're seeing Bobby, the names. Bobby, running double post stuff. I what know. is happening? It, Why is this happening? It's awful. It's and the, so painful. The other guys near the top of the draft, like Jared Culver, John Morant, it's just they're like, yeah, they're probably going to be fine. But I don't think, I don't think that any of the players outside of the number one guy is going to be someone that is going to be like a franchise changing player right away. No franchise changers. I have thought about this. I mean, if, this year's draft class was loaded. Yes. Top five guys, all of them are going to be like mega, mega, mega studs. So I saw someone saying this the other day, the top five picks will be your first team all rookie and every team will be happy they had the guy. Yeah. Um, so uh, going back to the – so like whatever the description of Reddish is on a draft board, that fits. Right, yeah. good shooter, good size. Can handle the ball a little bit. Can handle the ball, and then I watch it and go, ah. Yeah. What, what's free agency looking like? So, yeah. it's like, I think I would rather, if I had the fourth pick, I think I'd rather either try to trade it or beg Atlanta to let me convey it, which is good for Atlanta, right? They'll be sitting there at four and three or four and one or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's not bad. No. Yeah, no, the – that's the scenario that I have, or the outcome that I had in mind. If you're keeping the fourth pick, you're trying to trade it, I think. And by the way, let me just say, just for fun, if the Mavericks don't have the number one pick in the draft, I would love for Zion to go to Atlanta. That would be a lot a, of fun, man. That would be him and Collins. You, you that's be, him and two Amares. Yes. You would be playing a unique version of small ball that is like, I mean, and Trey Young sees it. So obviously, he'd, he'd get I want the Mavericks. A game yes, I days. want the Mavericks to have the number one pick in the draft and yeah. get Zion. I think Zion playing alongside Porzingis would be bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd start Dorian, and then I'd just go sign a bulldog to play, uh, to go defend point guards. Yep. And I'd go win. I'd win mm. all the championships it's in the just universe. Just so much winning. Yeah, but um, and I'd bring. Dwight and Maxi off my bench. I just, I'm, I'm, it, oh my God, Hardaway Jr. off the bench. You'd get scoring. promoted to assistant coach. And I'd just get yes to hang out with all the guys all the time. I would be uh, Jenny Busek's assistant. Hey, there you go. That'd be great. You'd sit behind the row behind the right. bench. I'd be the person behind the person that's behind the person. You'd be the security guard. Um, but having said all that, uh, if he, I think he'd be a lot of fun in Atlanta, just as an NBA fan. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be fun no matter where he goes. Good dude. That, that's a fun player. Yes. But, uh, I mean, could you imagine him in New York with Dennis? That's oh my a, that's God. a lot of Duncan. That's a lot of, you solidify the rims out there. Madison square garden would go nuts. Yeah. But so if you have the fourth pick and $21 million that basically a, a team can make a contract disappear, yep. then 
theoretically, you could probably make a pretty significant trade. Yes. But every team probably views picks two through 60 the same way that you and I do. (laughs) Unless There's going to be some R.J. Barrett levers out there. And John Moran is really rising, too. His numbers are great, and there's teams that need point guards. Yes. So so funny because we just traded a – guy that was similar to Ja Morant. Now, I think he's a more intuitive passer than De- uh, Dennis is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in terms of athletic ability and getting to where you want to get on the floor with the with the bounce and all mm-hmm. those th- sort of things, it's like I don't think you trade Dennis because you, quote, unquote, think he's a bad fit to replace him with a guy who's very similar when you have that top pick. Yeah. So, even though he's very – I think if they had the – I think what they would do is any any pick in the top three, I think they're good. Because I think, you know, based on pedigree, they would be happy to get Barrett. And then I think if they had the John Moran, I think there'd be enough teams to where it's like, okay, you need a point guard, we'll trade you this pick. And yeah, I like, mean, there are teams that need it. It's like right off the bat, Phoenix could use a point guard. Oh, my God, they'd be ecstatic with John yeah, Moran. They were pretty good with point book, but you need multiple guys. Yeah. So if you go like Morant, Booker, Aiton, I, th- I think it's, I think it's, got some athletes, got I some think scoring. it's a problem for DeAndre Aiton's development to have Booker play the point. Yeah. He's just not wired that way. He's mm-hmm. he's going to try to score every single time. And I think it's better, you know, people forget how great he was coming off screens. He's great coming off screens. Yep. He's Clay Thompson-ish coming off yep. screens. His shooting is suffering. This He's shooting 32% from three this year because so many of them are off the dribble and right. really heavily contested too. Right. Nobody's setting the table for him at no, all. No, no, no. It would benefit him greatly to get off the ball. And it would benefit Aiden because Aiden yes. is a guy that needs it in the post or mid-range. Like, he needs to be set up. He's right. kind of Dirkish in that yes. regard. Like, yes. he can't just run a play from beginning to end. So right uh, that would be a nice fit for him. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm intrigued by the the possibility of trading a really, really, really high draft pick. Um, but then you're kicking the can down the road if you don't convey it this year. And the 2022 draft, which is whenever a high schooler is going to be able to enter, that's the year you're going to owe your pick no matter where You don't where think it's it going to be next year? I don't think it can be, right? I thought that they Isn't were trying a CBA to. thing? Yeah, but I think they can, they can expedite it if both sides agree. Really? Yes. I okay. read a little piece, I don't huh. know, three, right. th- maybe three weeks ago or so, where they were trying to push for that. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. But the players' union is pushing back, though, right? Because none of the old heads want to get kicked out of the league by 18-year-olds. N- no, but I also – no, I agree with that. But I also think the LeBron Jameses of the world are looking bigger picture. Are they? I, I believe That's so. good. That's the responsible thing to do. Yes. Because no, uh, Hey, hey, could be wrong. It may end up being 2020. I got a lot of hot takes about uh, player – owner relations uh contractual whatever cba stuff but i don't we don't have to spit him off here let's but talk I about think it would weed be, in I think the it, nfl i think it would be good if uh high school players could enter the league if they absolutely. want absolutely but uh yeah uh, well in that case i mean if part of my reservation about wanting to convey the pick this year was because i don't want to owe new york an unprotected first in 2022 which mm-hmm. is the year that it would happen right uh but if they can make it happen next season then in all likelihood, if it doesn't convey this year, then you get the pick. Well, whether it conveys or not this year, you're going to yeah. keep the pick unless you're top three next year, which is like almost right. impossible. Right. Like unless Luca and Porzingis both miss the entire season, you're not going to be in the top three in the draft. Right. And, Agreed. Uh, so that will be pretty good. So maybe this whole conversation was rendered moot. Let's Although, just get the number one pick this year and yeah, move on. Yeah, well, that would be great. That would okay. be great. Uh, having the number two or three or four pick would allow you to make a pretty significant trade if that's what you want, $21 mm-hmm. million in cap in uh, trade exception, and then also like $30 million in cap space would be pretty good too. So yeah. I'm part of me hopes that Donnie gets that because that would be a pretty cool trade chip, but also part of me is like let's just get it over with now. Rip that Band-Aid off. Yeah, but I don't want to give Atlanta Trey Young and the sixth pick for Luka. I want to. I, I wanted it to care. be. I wanted it to be like the twentieth pick. You know. Yeah, no, I I don't care because I'm so. I know I know what you're saying, but I don't care because I'm so happy with Luka. Yeah, doesn't matter, man. Transcendence is too hard to get. They got it. Yeah, and uh, and keep in mind, think about that when you were thinking about that. You got to factor in Porzingis, because yeah, if you true. don't have Luka, you don't go get Porzingis. So you pretty much get Luka and Porzingis for Trey Young and Dennis Smith. Right. And Wes and DeAndre, right? But you okay bad. with that? I'm, yeah. I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. So I'll and give maybe up. the sixth pick, but in this draft, sixth right. pick is going to be so Trey Young, a lottery pick, and Dennis Smith Jr. for Luca and Porzingis, and then uh, 30 million in cap space, which right. could potentially be a 
pretty good player who's excited about it's a playing with those guys. Yeah. It's an absolute no-brainer. You know what, Atlanta? You can have the second pick in this draft. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Just don't, have the, don't take the first one. How about well, that? if it's the first pick, we just get it. That's true. Because be, we're keeping that. That would be pretty cool, too. Be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Uh, See how fun spinning things is? If you're keep, Yeah. <laughs> or are. If you're keeping score at home, they have a 9% chance at the number one pick. Oh, and they'll the, get it. The best that it will likely get, or that it could likely get, is 10.5%. That's what Atlanta's at at number five. So it, pretty much moving up, if you will, like yeah. moving from sixth to fifth in the lottery order doesn't help them do anything. Six is fine. Right. Uh, the even the number five spot only has a four percent chance, five percent chance of a uh, five percent higher chance of getting in the top four. So, okay. I want you. To s- I'm I'm real worried about you right now because right. you're doing something that's very dangerous. Oh, I'm uh, I'm leaning and rocking. Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to put this on my. I'm going to boomerang this. Oh no! Do you want me to do you want me to rock back and forth for the boomerang no. or? I just I'm I'm worried about you. I I feel like you know my son does this sort of thing and it's very dangerous. And, uh, it's not. Da- it's only dangerous if you fall. Right. That's there's the danger. Therein lies the danger. Um, okay. So did we solve all the problems? I think we did. I think we agreed that the Mavs should just decide to win the lottery um, and sign at least one superstar this offseason. Sounds good. And win a couple championships. I'll say this: if they do win the lottery, I think the likelihood. I, I think they have a very small likelihood of signing a quote unquote superstar. Mm. But if they win the lottery. Man, does that change things? Makes things pretty fun. I think it. I think it makes things really fun. That's two of the. There was that really good article in the Ringer about Luca and Zion's like mixtape, kind of. They're like the mixtape generation, or like the the the. I forget how they phrased it, but they're like the two mixtape folklore heroes, right? right? Like we, no one had ever seen Luca play except for YouTube, and Zion's been. Zion has been in my mind, like in the in the public lexicon, discourse, zeitgeist, whatever, uh-huh. for like five years, dude. I've heard about this yeah. guy forever. Yeah, I mean, it was him and like Thon Maker, but yep. even Thon Maker was like kind of like a this Thon idea. Maker was like a, a more of a Kaiser Soze thing. Yeah, like there wasn't the tangible proof or with. Um, Zion, yeah, I, well, I've was, seen, I've seen Zion highlights of, from the time he was 14. Right, do, doing crazy windmill dunks. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Thon, you'd say, oh, my God, look at the tall guy hitting threes. Yeah. Um, Dribbling between his legs. Right. It's amazing. Right. Then he can't get on the floor. Yeah. Uh, but that, but that, would be, that would be pretty pretty wacky, man. But it, it'll all play out. It'll all play out. Uh, we are uh, – uh, We'll be here next week. Yep. Probably. Right? Absolutely. We'll be man. here next week. I'm, I'm done traveling for this season, so – if we can't uh, do a podcast from here on out, it's going to be your fault. Okay, uh, next week I am going to uh, Golden State, but oh, uh, nice. the early okay. part in the week I will be available. So we'll do a podcast Dirk next Monday might or Tuesday. make some history that night. Oh, my God. And he also might make history against New Orleans or really any of the other games. I think 35 Monday, points. 35 yeah. points is needed. Thirty-five, Dude, he can do that. He can do that this week. He can. So it, Cleveland or New tonight, Orleans. Yeah, home tonight, road Thursday, and then two home games. He's got to do it one of those two home Cleveland games. Cleveland or New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. Let's. I'm, I'm banking on it, man. Yep. You're, a, you're a wise man. Sage, hopefully Saturday because that's Mavs Saturday night on Fox Sports Heck Southwest. Yes. It's going to be a good broadcast. Word. Enjoy your night off and enjoy the game, dude. That's awesome that you get to go uh, to the game tonight with your family. It's a special right occasion for you all. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm very excited, man. This is the first time I've ever taken my family to a Mavs game. That is awesome. Ever. You have such a great time. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's a good show. Y'all Thank enjoy you, TNT, it. for uh, allowing me to take my family to the Mav game. Fight some Spurs fans, would you? Oh, they're most of them are Cowboys fans. They're not bad. Oh, okay. So y'all all bond over that. Yeah. All right. It is numbers on the boards. Skin, thank you very much. Let's get some food and we I will love see you. you guys. I love you too. We'll see y'all next week.